of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our day and age, people have become uncomfortable with being the example. I don't know why that is exactly, but we see in our text for today that the Bible is actually encouraging us as Christians to be the example. In fact, really, that's how people came to know Christ in the ancient church. You know, today we kind of argue about what is the church, don't we? And some people say, well, the the church should be like a a hospital and we should be able to bring anyone who is sick and infirm and and poor and we should be able to, to bring them inside the church and they would hear the word of God and hopefully their lives would be changed, they'll they'll be uh, transformed. But then what happens? We see the Bible also tells us to not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Uh, Be sober-minded as thou ought and stop sinning. And so you're bringing a, a bunch of sinful people in the church, people that don't necessarily want to change, that don't even really think about change. And suddenly the shepherd has let the wolves in with the sheep and we wonder what's happening in those particular churches, don't we? So while we have big numbers, but there's sin everywhere. But we have, have large numbers, but there's a lot of terrible things happening and we just don't talk about it. Uh, we, we don't see a, a lot of change in people's lives because I guess the uh, Christian religion is just kind of a philosophical system and doesn't really have a, a true impact. But the ancient church regarded itself as a place for Christians to come to be recharged so that they could go back into the world and do God's work. And in fact, we we see in the ancient church that you couldn't even sit through the whole service until you had been properly confirmed. That you didn't get to uh, avail yourself of the mystery of the body and blood of Christ until you were fully an adult Christian. See, people that kind of wanted to know something about the church, they had special classes that they went to. It wasn't until they were fully made members that they could participate in the worship service. And really, if we begin to kind of have a, a philosophy like that, we come to see what the apostle is talking about, that we are to be different. People are supposed to notice within our lives that there's something unique about those individuals. People would perhaps say, you know what, I, I went over to their house, I invited me over on Friday night, and you know, we, we, we sat down to a, a meal, and, and, and they prayed. They, they prayed to uh, the, what they called the, the true God. Right? They, they're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as I, I sat there eating with them, they were nice to each other, right? 
The husband was kind to his wife. The wife was respectful of her husband. The, the children had smiles on their faces. They, they were able to have joy in their meal. They laughed and joked with one another. There was no fighting. There was no turmoil. It was different from perhaps what I experienced. And the same would fall within the work center, right? The people would, would say there's something different about that employee, right? They, they seem to have extra patience. Right? They, they, they seem to have something extra uh, with them. They, they bring a, a light, a joy uh, to the, this place where they work. There's something different about that person. And dear friends, it is that difference then that should be drawing others to know Christ, that would draw others to be able to come to the church. I've spoken before about the philosophy of just you know, simple acts of kindness. Now that you just were a little bit more friendly. You're a little bit more patient. You extended your, your hand a little bit more to that other person, or that you are taking care of them, see. But in our world today, we've started to lose that, haven't we? As I said, when we have the, the philosophy, you know, that the church is just a hospital, okay, and, and people should be able to, to come no matter what their sin is, and we have a lot of people within the, the church that have never changed, right? They, they never are that example, as the apostle calls them to, to be. Then we start to have that problem where, oh, I want there to be lots of people here, and all we can get is, you know, sinners that sin constantly, and well, I, I guess that's how it's got to be. No, we're, we're called to change, aren't we? It's never the message that I'm okay and you're okay and, and everything is okay and let's just get together and feel okay. But we come into the church and what's one of the first things that happens is we confess our sins, don't we? So I ask you to raise your hand. Hey, did you sin this week? Did, did, did anybody sin this week? No, everybody's perfect. Right? Everything was fine. Not one bad thought. Ever, you know, it was all good, right? But no, we, we come into the church not to hear that we're okay and the things that we do are all right and God understands the world we live in and so everything that we do is we can get by and, and it's fine, but no, we come and say, no, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, right, with which I've ever offended thee, justly deserved the temporal and eternal punishment, okay? Right, that I am in the wrong. I am doing wrong things. I need some help. And then, of course, that, that word comes back, doesn't it? That wonderful word. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. And I was just uh, not, you know, Pastor Joe is an all right guy and he tells me that everything is okay, but know that you would, would hear, right, through me, the voice of Christ telling you, you are forgiven. Let the slate is wiped clean again. Right, even what you're doing 10 seconds ago, that, that's wiped away now. 
<clears throat> we were watching a movie one time, and one of the, the main characters, uh, you, you know, was, was talking with her friends, and, and, and she she said, you, you know what, I, I go to church, and I receive that forgiveness of sins, and, and right away I find myself thinking about the sins I'm going to commit in the coming week. It's not supposed to be quite that way, is it? Right, that's that you and I, forgiven of our sins, now resolve that we're going to try to do our best to do better, right? I'm sitting in the congregation, I'm thinking about the sin I had in in the past, and you know, on, on Tuesday I came home and I kicked the dog and yelled at my wife, and I resolve in my mind, maybe, right, it's not so good to kick my dog, and maybe it's really not so good to yell at my wife, and so I'm going to try to do my best in the coming week to not you know, kick my dog and, and yell at my wife. I'm going to try my best to you know, work with my temper, to have the kind of Christian home that God has called me to have. But of course, you know, us, us fellows, you kind of have done the, the opposite, right? You, you know, you, you go to work, you know, where you, you put up a good front, you know, where you're, you're Mr. Patient Kindness at work, you know, you're, you're out there in, in the world and, oh, you know, everything is so good and everything that Fred does that irritates you, you just kind of take that in and then you come home from that place and you kick your dog and yell at your wife. And so everyone at work thinks that you're Mr. You know, super kindness guy. And your wife is, I said, where did they get that from? I, something different at home. <coughs> but dear friends, really, you know, our, our home should be the place, shouldn't it? Where, you know, Christ begins, where, we, you know, we have that relationship with Jesus. Where, you know, you, you, you walk into your home and maybe you have some, some nice you know, Christian music that you play. Maybe you have, you know, some Bible verses up on the, the wall or, you know, some, some Christian art there. You have things in your home that direct your mind to Jesus. You're saying your prayers at your meal. You're saying your, your prayers at, at bedtime. You're having other prayers or you pray for your friends and neighbors. You know, this your home is the place where you are centered with Christ. And then people coming to visit you in your home would be able to say, there's something different here. I, I want to know about it. Okay. And then people that come in contact with you at, at your place of work, they also would be able to say that there's something different about that employee. You know, they're, they're more uh, joyful, they're, they're more cheerful, uh, they're, they're more patient, they, they're, they're more giving, right? I, I really enjoy that person who works for me. I want to know about that, see? I, I want to have that kind of experience. I want to know something about it. And, and so you begin to do that. You have that light within there are very seldom in my particular ministry, I've been called to a home to perform an exorcism. You know, it's not like I'm always running around or volunteering for that, but it's just, you know, very few occasions that's happened. 
And I recall, you know, going to the, this one person's home and, you know, we're just kind of going around from, from room to, to room and we're praying for, you know, a deliverance and we're, we're praying for protection for the family. And we're, you know, praying that evil influences would, would be expelled or, or, or whatever. But, you know, we got to a particular living area in, in the basement and, and they had uh, decorated with resin human skull. I thought, well, you know, that's kind of odd. It's the middle of summer. Halloween isn't, isn't even any, anywhere close by. And why, you know, are they choosing, you know, to, to purchase resin skulls and, and put them in, in the living area? And I, I remember I got to another room in their house and, and, and they had posters of demons up on the wall. And, and, and so, you know, as I'm going through the process, I, I said to the family, you know, what, what I, I think would probably be most helpful is, you know, you get rid of some of your demonic posters and, and you get rid of some of these resin skulls that you're, you're using for decoration. Well, you know, we, we kind of continued and as, as we're, you know, closing up, they, they didn't say too much, but, you know, just kind of wave goodbye. And I, I thought, well... I, I don't know if much is going to come from that if they don't really make any changes in, in their lifestyle. And then the, the next thing I, I heard is they, you know, got an a, a American Indian shaman to come in and he, you know, nailed a buffalo skull up outside of their house. And so somehow having that buffalo skull uh, was then going to uh, protect them because I, I guess they didn't really want to get rid of the, the things that I suggested. See. And that's not how it's supposed to be, is it? Right, that we believe in a God who changes people, right? He changes them by contact with his Holy Spirit. He changes them by the love that he's shown through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Right, the, the coming to know that God, the one who sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be acceptable again, so we could get into heaven again, so we can go to him freely in prayer. Right, that way to heaven could be open to us. Right, having that love revealed in our hearts, we then respond, don't we, with a love of our own that we began to love Christ, who loved us first so much. And out of that love, we then began to make changes, right? You know, some of the, those changes, the, the Bible tells us, right, that we're, we're going to have more peace. We're going to have more joy. We're going to have more love, right? We're going to have more patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. Uh, yeah, we're going to have more self-control. Right? I'm not just losing my temper all the time. I'm not putting up just a, a good front at work, but then I come home and you know kick my dog and yell at my wife. I, I'm not just so good to everybody else in, in the community, but I, I'm really mean to my own kids. You know, is that I have that something inside of me. That's something that other people would notice and, and they would say, hey, I want part of that too. That we would be able to be those examples. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about in the text for today. 
Right, the Apostle Paul, he looks at those folks and he said, you know, in the midst of terrible tribulation, right, you shone with the light of Christ. And people noticed. In the midst of your suffering that people could see you going through, they saw there was still something different about you. That when you were at your perhaps lowest point, you still had some joy. You still had some patience. When things seemed to be falling apart in your life and you were being persecuted, you didn't hate in return. You showed forth love and forgiveness. See, There's something different there. And dear friends, that is where you and I are called to be. And how can we gather more people together? We can do it by being different, right? By showing love to others, by demonstrating simple acts of kindness, by having it so that when others come to our homes, they see there's a difference. They're they're not just the same. They're not just like everybody else. They they don't just do the same things behind their closed doors that everybody else is doing, but no, they worship Christ. They follow him. It's different. And dear friends, that is where our Savior longs for us to come to be. Not because we're uh, so self-disciplined or not because we read the latest self-help books or not because I I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and now I'm a, a better fella, but rather because Jesus first loved us, right? And Jesus loved so much he died for our sin. He loved so much he went to that cross so that we could wake up and say, I've sinned, I've fallen short, I can't meet the standard, I need help. And that help comes from the Lord. Amen. And may the grace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.